0: Breakfast. That's right, it's early breakfast with myself, Niklaus Bauer, with you until 6 AM before we hand on over to Bungani Bingwan, the breakfast team. Lines are open, 011-8830702. That's 011-8830702. SMS is into 31702 and WhatsApp's to 0727021702 And don't forget you can hit me up on Twitter as well at NiklasBauer on twitter.com. Everything is getting delayed. In South African society, in the economy, uh, even when it comes to governance, right? So from a local, provincial and national level, everything's being held back by the fact that we've been through this massive lockdown and COVID-19 has thrown us into a world where uncertainty is the new norm. Now, something that we need to consider is how this will affect relationships. Uh, the lockdown may well have called time in a lot of uh, relationships and, of course, marriages as well. With that in mind, Serifan Ludwig, a family law expert, chatting to us now about a divorce during the lockdown. Kerry, good morning.
1: Good morning.
0: So, uh, like I said, uh, if there's anything to really uh make or break a relationship or a marriage, it's being indoors for two months with your significant other?
1: Unfortunately, exactly so. And with all the stress of not being able to make a living, worrying about homeschooling, all kinds of things, worrying about the, the disease itself. Nobody knows anything about it. Nobody knows, you know, is it necessary to go shopping? Should we, shouldn't we? all those kind of things. There are more stresses
0: now than they've ever been in our modern-day society. Uh, Best-case scenario uh, is, of course, when relationships do work out, where you try and find common ground and you make things work, whether or not it is in a marriage or it is in a civil partnership or just a long-standing um, uh, intimate relationship. But but when you, you do finally come to that realization that, this ain't going to work anymore. What are the things that uh, you should keep in mind? I mean, where do you think the the line needs to be drawn?
1: That is just such a multi-faceted question. Do we have all day? Let's keep going. <laughs> <But I> think...
0: <laughs> uh, if only,
1: hey? Yeah, the important thing probably is that the grass, you know, really is not greener. Um there are pros and cons to ending a relationship. Many people stay together for what they think is the benefit of the children. But children are really very sensitive and they are not stupid. And so many children are actually mightily relieved when the parents do finally call it quits. So I think the most important thing to do is, is to try and acknowledge what it is that you as a person really do want in the totality of your circumstances with the others, with the spouse, with the children, with the family relationships, is the grass going to be greener in the sense that of all the things that matter, obviously if there's violence, it's non-negotiable, one must leave. If there are things like people irritate you, well, you probably irritate them and, you know, someone else would irritate you just as much. So once one has been forgiving and really thought about it, then I think you've got to look at what your motives are. And once you've decided I'm calling it, I just can't do this any longer. It's to nobody's benefit. Then trying to find an amicable way and a sensible cost-effective way to do it is the important thing. And that's really hard in these times because generally we would would encourage a one-on-one with an attorney who will explain the process so that people, get rid of this notion that it's all about fighting and it's all about litigation and they want a Rottweiler in there to take down the other spouse and we would encourage mediation and the parties meeting perhaps with parenting coordinators and those kinds of things. So there's a lot of of nuances and a lot of face-to-face type of things that it's very hard to communicate to clients over email even over the telephone, even over a radio interview such as this, the actual nuances of sitting face-to-face with a person and discussing their issues, explaining to them that the actual legal process, well, not the process, but the legal principles that apply are very simple, and helping them to dissect out what needs to be done from a legal perspective, from all the other things that they are feeling and handling, We really struggle to get that across in times when you can't sit face-to-face with a client. And even when you are sitting face-to-face, the sort of predominantly expressive part of your face is covered by a mask.
0: Kerry von Ludwig, family law expert on early breakfast. Are you getting divorced? Would you like to find out what the best way to do so uh, in the time of COVID-19 would be? Give us a call now, 011-883-0702. Otherwise, uh, WhatsApp voice notes to 072-702-1702. On average, South Africa has 25,000 divorces a year. How do you think those numbers are going to change in a time when the court roll is held up, uh, when uh, even the legal fraternity has one arm tied behind its back due to the fact that we we just really cannot live the same way that we did just months ago? Uh, January, February 2020, to me, seems an eternity away.
1: I think there are going to be Perhaps even a reduction in numbers because people simply cannot afford to get divorced. It's, it's a lovely concept when you're very unhappy to think, okay, I'll go to my own place and we'll make a plan to share the children and this, that and the other. But divorces have costs, consequences. They really do. Are you able on the income of the family, which is now going to be severely curtailed, to set up separate homes? Are you able to perhaps dispose of the family home in a completely uncertain property market? You know, we don't know what the value of assets is going to be. Sitting down and doing an accrual calculation right now when we have no idea where the economy is going is, is a very, very challenging task. So much as I think there will be people going, I really don't like what I've seen of you, the way you face up to disaster, the way you are when I have to live with you at close quarters, the the amount of responsibility you have or haven't taken with regard to our children while we've been locked down, they will also be thinking to themselves, how do we practically do this? Can we afford to? And affordability is a huge concern in divorce.
0: Explain this to me like I'm a five-year-old. Why is it so expensive for divorces to take place?
1: Well, it's not so much the legal costs, although I will be completely honest that the best money you will ever spend if you are getting divorced is to have one proper consultation up front before you start anything with a divorce expert. Once you understand the law and you understand the practice and procedure, you can save fortunes of money by working on aspects yourself. But in very, very simple terms, if you have got Let's use a basic family. You've got four people. You've got a mom and a dad and two children. And sorry if one is not part of of that kind of family. I don't mean to offend anybody, but it's just the easiest example. So you live in one home with one or perhaps two cars or a transport arrangement, enough furniture, and a budget that works for those four people. You buy stuff in bulk or you do whatever you need to do. Just think of the logistics of two homes. Two sets of transport arrangements to and from school, two sets of grocery bills, two sets of rates, lights and water, rentals, whatever it may be. And all of a sudden, it's just commonly accepted that living together as a group, I mean, that's why we have communes, that's why people share bigs, that's why one has tenants in one's home, those kinds of things. Living together as a group is much cheaper Mm -hmm. than it is setting up on your own. And you know, one would think, okay, so you sell the home, number one, or you stop renting big home and you divide that money and you each have smaller home and you allocate that rent money so that each gets smaller home. The math doesn't doesn't in practical terms always work out.
0: Any questions on divorce? or trying to have an amicable separation, give us a call now, 011-883-0702. Niklas Bauer on the early breakfast, chatting to Carrie van Ludwig, family law expert. Let's delve into that stereotypical uh, story that we hear about divorce. You mentioned the Rottweiler uh, earlier. And uh, you know, a lot of people think that the sole purpose of a divorce is to make the other partner suffer legally, financially, and, of course, also um, interpersonally within the family itself, especially in cases when there's been infidel- infidelity.
1: You're so right. I quickly wanted to spill a myth. Rottweilers are fabulous dogs. I'm a huge <laughs> dog lover. You'll never get when someone comes to me and asks me if I'm a Rottweiler. I generally say yes, I wish I was. But I do, I do get the analogy and I get what they're getting at. And, you know, especially now in today's world, we're moving towards mediation and... I wouldn't say reconciliation because, yes, if you want to get divorced, you have every right to get divorced. But a mediated divorce, particularly when there are children, just put yourself into the shoes of your child. That is all a parent has to do when they are are trying to fight. And think how awful it is that the two important people in your life, number one, your life is going to change, and you've got to accept that. But it's changing in a difficult way where they hate each other, They may be using you as a child, as a pawn in the middle to try and hurt each other. It is just so damaging. And, you know, if people are honest, they might look back to their own childhoods and see what it's like when their parents were fighting and how they felt. So it really is important to remember that if you have children, you are going to remain the co-parent of those children for all of their lives. And you're not making it easy for yourself. And you're certainly not making it easy for your children if you make an enemy of of the other parent. Even if there aren't any children, you've got to be mature and realize that this is someone who you once loved. And the closest relationship to love is hate. So it's obvious that when that love is betrayed or doesn't work or when you're feeling guilty, you want to lash out. But the system doesn't allow it anyway. Our divorce law is very simple. Our courts are courts of application of the law. They are not courts of listening to your dispute and deciding what should happen that is fair in a subjective sense. They are there to apply the matrimonial property regime that's in existence, the correct calculation of child maintenance, if need be, and the best interest of the child principle. Our, marriage, our divorce is no longer predicated On fault. It hasn't been since 1979. So it's based only on the the allegation by one spouse that the marriage has broken down beyond repair. It doesn't need fault. So what is the point in digging out all the dirt when it's actually going to get you nowhere and it's going to get you involved in a hectic process that's going to cost you more legally and emotionally than you can actually ever hope to achieve?
0: Uh, Kerry, I don't want to dribble you into a career-limiting move, right? I know how uh, the legal fraternity can be a bit of a fraught place, but but yeah, is there any authenticity to the to the stereotype that that lawyers also play the divorce in itself for all that it's it's worth? I mean, I I suppose you could say that. a lawyer will will advise their client to the best of their ability and act on their instruction. But uh, surely you must know of cases where uh, lawyers have really dragged out divorces when they could have been wrapped up fairly quickly and amicably.
1: Absolutely. It's one of my worst, worst bugbears. I have a a personal thing against it because, you know, let's be honest, there's enough money to be made in helping parties through an unopposed or a settled divorce. There's enough money to be made in mediating and the satisfaction of of doing a good job. I know I sound a little bit like Pollyanna, but it really is. Whereas involving yourself in so much unpleasantness, and unfortunately many lawyers do take it personally, it's not good for anybody. It's not even good for you as a lawyer because you're just living with anger and hatred and fighting. One needs to distance oneself Look at the law and, as you rightly say, do a good job. I don't think that all attorneys who who prolong litigation do it deliberately. What we've got to remember is we are trained as litigants, and litigants are trained to fight for the best of their client. And it's very, very difficult to take a step sideways and go, this is family law. It's a completely different milieu. It's, it's not litigation where you're fighting over a business deal or a contract or a merger or acquisition gone wrong, or it's certainly not criminal law. It is a very, very different field of law that's got to be viewed very differently. And it's hard because most of us come from a pure litigation background and divorces do get finalized in a court. And a court is a place of litigation. So one needs to have a completely different mental approach to it and I think if, if we can get people who work on family law and divorce law to understand that the work is still there, that people still do need help and it's more help than getting them into a big war. So it's not a career limiting move, it's a career satisfying move to do divorce and family law work properly.
0: Terry van Ludwig, a family law expert. Before we let you go now, uh, maybe you have some very, very basic advice for people to keep in mind. I mean, yeah, one, two, maybe three points that you you need to have foremost uh, uh, in your decision-making when you want to go for a divorce, especially now, specifically now during the COVID-19 era. What do you need to know? What do you need to decide before you go ahead?
1: Yes. Yeah. Right, let's try. I would say, number one, think of the practical effect. Just be, as you said, like a a child. Think about how you are practically going to implement it. If you can sit down and almost write your wish list, a sensible wish list, not I wish he or she was dead and would just go away, a sensible wish list of, if I could, I would like to achieve the following. When you've done that, Get the best consultation you possibly can afford with someone who specializes in the field and not someone who is known to be a fighter to understand the law and the process and the procedure. And once you've done that, try and find a way, whether it is through facilitation or mediation or correspondence, or whether you are able to do it around the dining table over a cup of tea or whatever it may be, to interact somehow with your spouse. That being said, if there is violence, you do not necessarily owe them anything of of that nature. Go and get legal advice or go, if you can't afford it, straight to your local magistrate's court where there is a domestic violence court and take out a protection order because violence is not acceptable under any circumstances.
0: Kerry Finn-Ludwig, thank you very much for an illuminating conversation on divorce, uh, especially approaching this difficult subject during COVID-19. Where can we find out more about your practice and also maybe some some accessible online resources for anybody considering going the divorce route?
1: Oh, gosh, there's not too much about practices and things like that because it's as you've gathered from our chat, it's very human interactive. But I do have a little bit of an outdated website. It's www.familylegal.com. And I think it's kind of relatively easy to Google general divorce topics as long as you are very specific that it's about South Africa because our jurisdiction is very different from a lot of what one sees on television. So maybe have a start at familylegal.coza and just try to remember also use an attorney who is a member of the Gauteng Family Law Forum and generally be kind to yourself and to all the other people involved.
0: Kerry okay, from Ludwig, thank you very much for our chat on Early Breakfast. It's 7.02 for The Curious.